0: but listen if you got a copy of god's word please open to matthew 28 this is our last message of 2021 it's our last message in matthew and what we're going to be talking about is the quest that you and i that we are on and so when i say the word quest what comes to your mind i know it's kind of rhetorical you don't have to answer no put your hand down asher perhaps perhaps when i say quest you think of a medieval knight on his trusty steed, perhaps followed by a bunch of British men who are clicking coconuts, right? (laughs) I know some of you are not in the age range to get that. That's okay. Google it. Uh, Perhaps you're thinking about uh, somebody who's about to slay a dragon or rescue a princess from a tower, right? Or rid the townsfolk from some horrifying beast. Or perhaps, if you're like me, you think immediately of the One Ring to rule all other rings the lord of the rings trilogy where in this movie in this trilogy perhaps you know it maybe not but it's this idea of the quest of the ring where frodo baggins a little um a little person i don't know what you what's you know i know i know a hobbit uh, has to go and bring this ring this one ring to mount doom in mordor and so he leaves his home in the shire of everything he knows, all the peoples that he knows, and he's called out on this quest. And you'll have to watch the movies or not to see or read the books to see if he finishes this quest. But the point that I'm getting at is this. When I say quest, maybe you think of something in your own mind. But all of us love the idea of an adventure. I don't care how old we are. We love the idea of just having freedom and free range and maybe going on on a journey, and especially... When the child in your heart, we love the idea of a good adventure. All of us, even at least once in our life, have dreamt about being on some sort of a quest. Well, in 2022, this new year, this year, I pray, of new adventure, what I want to talk to you about this morning is this. Based on the authority of Christ, his promised presence, we are both to be about the business of... We are to be on the adventure of, we are to be fulfilling the quest of, not only sharing the good news of the gospel, but actually making disciples. And maybe you think to myself, or maybe you think to yourself, and you're saying to me, Pastor, that doesn't seem like a quest. Well, let me ask you the question then, are you doing it? Are you a part of the adventure? Do you even know if it's a quest or not? Now, this quest is usually called the Great Commission. However, this great commission, although a great commission indeed, is no greater than any other command we see in Scripture, is just one of many. And yet, I think for many of us, we tend to think of it either too loftily or too literally. And so as we look at this today, I want to talk about this quest that Jesus has placed us on. If you're a believer in Jesus Christ, you are on a quest. You are on a mission. And I want to talk to you basically four reasons why we ought to be fulfilling that mission. Promises, things that we can think of as we think about this quest, this great commission. But before we jump into God's word, will you please pray with me? Let's pray together. Our dear Lord Jesus, you are our Savior. And so we come to you this day with our hearts open before you. We ask that you would expand our perceptions of you. That you would grant us a quickening of our, of our hearts by your Holy Spirit. That you would send your Spirit within us so that we have a greater purpose and a vision in our service to you. Reinvigorate us, we pray, after your kingdom, for your glory, for your people. Even this very moment, God, we would ask that you would do this because we know that you're worthy. We know that all people of all nations should and one day will glorify your name. And so we ask that you would receive our praise and that it might be found favorable to you and that we ourselves might be numbered among these great multitude even this very day. I guess, God, our Father, what I'm asking for for myself and for these people who happen to hear me today is that you would give us a fresh wind and a fresh fire. We ask this by the power of your spirit in the name of your son for the glory of your kingdom. Amen. So if you have a copy of God's word, turn to Matthew 28. Perhaps you already did. I got to stop saying perhaps. It's my vocabulary crutch today. Count how many times and tell me after the service, okay? help help me help me help you so Matthew 28:16 is where we want to start and I want to read that with you it says now the 11 disciples were in uh, went to Galilee Uh, to the mountain to which Jesus had directed them. First and foremost, we see that there's only 11. Judas is gone now. Uh, Secondly, uh, they're going to Galilee. Remember last week's sermon where they said he's going to meet you in Galilee? This is where he's directed them to go, so this is where they're going. They're seeking to be obedient. They're going to the mountain. We don't know which mountain this is. I don't think it's really important for today's text. And uh, this is where Jesus has directed them. Verse 17, and when they saw him, they worshiped him, but some doubted. Now, that word is interesting. It's actually hesitated there. And maybe you're thinking immediately in your, in your mind of Thomas, who was, you know, the famous, most famous doubter among all of us. And if we're honest, you know, I think we're all Thomases from time to time. But verse 17 says this, and it's very interesting there. When they saw him, they worshipped him as God, fully God, fully man, and now in his resurrected divine state. And yet some, it says there, hesitated or doubted or weren't sure what to make of him. Now, this is the meat of today's text. 18 through 20 is really what I want to talk about this morning, but I wanted to set the context for you. So verse 18, And Jesus came and said to them, All authority on heaven and earth has been given to me. Verse 19, Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Verse 20, Teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you, and behold, I am with you always to the end of the age give me just a minute i need something to drink <coughs> some of you thought i was about to answer that phone i think maybe <coughs> don't worry i do not believe i have covid i just have a dry throat those things still exist too just so you know okay <coughs> So, back to our message, Uh, uh, 18 through 20 is really what I want to focus on and talk with you about this morning, and I want to give you four things that we need to think about through this great commission, through this quest that Christ has put you on. The first is this, he has made a prodigious pronouncement. I want you to look at the text with me and think through this as I uh, talk about it. In verse 18, he says, Jesus came to them and said, all authority in heaven and earth has been given to me. Just fathom that for a moment. This word here, this power, this authority, is really the Greek word um, exousia. I think I'm pronouncing that correct. It refers to authority that has been delegated along with the right to use it. So for example, if uh, if the, the president of the United States gave a prisoner a pardon, uh, they would have the authority and the right to use that authority to then leave the jail cell because it has been delegated to them to do that. Does that make sense? Maybe that's a bad illustration, but you get the idea, I I, I hope. So the Father in heaven has delegated his divine decree, uh, his powerful authority to Jesus, and Jesus says, all of this authority in heaven and earth has been given to me. And in the context here of power, this authority is not really uh, an adequate translation. It's this idea of delegated power along with the authority to use it or all the right of absolute authority and the resources of that absolute power now this is to fulfill scripture in daniel seven thirteen through 14 you can write that in your margin and you can look that up on your own time or if you're part of a small group you can talk about that but i want to think on this with you for a moment all authority on heaven and earth has been given to jesus that means the authority of nature and nations What that means is is that every single cell of your body, every single atom of the universe, every single uh, microbe floating through this atmosphere right now, as you look out in this room that just so happens to be filled with the light, of which also by he commands, you see the dust particles floating. Every single one of those particles is divinely directed by this all-authoritative king of kings. The way that light bounces off these walls. The ability for your eardrum to vibrate as my mouth moves and my vocal cords exhaust the air that is pushed past them. All scientific disease or disorders. Your graying hair, your ingrown toenail, The phlegm in your throats. Every single part of this is all under the authority of Jesus Christ. And not only the minuscule, but also the masterful. Kings and principalities and powers. Every being in high places. Satan, although the highest of all angels since fallen, now roams on the earth, going to and fro, seeking who he might devour absolutely and unequivocally. However, that Satan himself must come before our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ and give an account of every action that he does and, by the way, have permission for everything that he might do. Read the book of Job. And Jesus here makes this prodigious pronouncement that all of authority belongs to him, which also means that every single one of our lives every single one of our days, every single one of our seconds, which means that every single thing you do, every single day, from the moment that you wake up to the moment that you close your eyes and unconscious sleep, every single second. Uh, another one of my favorite movies is Shawshank Redemption. Perhaps you've watched it. It's not a family movie. Watch it just for adults probably, but it's, uh, I believe it's still a good film. One of the things that he says in there is either get busy living or get busy dying. And he makes the decision to get busy living. If you haven't watched the movie, spoiler, I guess plug your ears, but uh, duvet there, or duvet, I don't know how you say it. It reminds me of one of the dust covers that your wife gets for your bed, basically. I don't know. Anyway, he's in prison there and he gets busy living and eventually he continues his progress till he leaves the prison. Hopefully I didn't ruin that movie for you. In that movie, he goes out into the prison yard and he dumps rocks out of his pocket and they fall down to his pant leg. Every single one of those stones and where it was placed in that prison yard is under the authority of Jesus Christ. And so when Jesus says something like, all authority on heaven and earth has been given to me, what's your response to that? Because here's how I think we should respond. Accept the authority of Christ. If every single atom, every single molecule, every single ray of light, every single dust bunny underneath your bed, every single breath that you take, every eye that time you blink when your hair falls out or when you color it or whatever it is that you do all of these things are under the authority of christ we live that way you see jesus doesn't ask us to vote this is not a democracy in the kingdom of god it is an authoritative dictatorship and praise be to god that he is a loving fair just good holy righteous god And so it really doesn't matter this morning if you say, well, he says he's Lord. No, no, no. He is Lord. It doesn't matter if you decide to obey him or not. It doesn't change the fact that he has authority over you. It doesn't change the fact that he will one day judge you based on his authority of which he says rightly he possesses, of which rightly the Father has given to him, of which rightly was received on him upon the resurrection. And so I want to ask you this morning, how big is your God? I mean, is your God the one who said, let there be light, and then there was light? Is your God the one who can do that and yet somehow does not have the ability to fix the things in your life? Or heal your disorders? Get you past the sins, these hang-ups, habits, and whatever you got going on in your world? Is your God not big enough do you say things like well you know it's because my father or my mother it's just the way that i was raised is your god not big enough to overdo or outdo the things that you learned in your household when you were a child how powerful is your jesus when this jesus says that all authority on heaven and earth has been given to him do you live your life every day in recognizing that because i can tell you if i'm honest i sometimes forget In fact, there's often times where I come home and I'll say something to my wife. Something didn't go the way I wanted it to at work or something happened, whatever. And I come home and I'll complain to her. And I forget. My Jesus rules the universe. My Jesus slung stars into the heavens. My Jesus commands the molecules of this universe and holds all of them together. And without him, nothing would have been made that wasn't made. This is Jesus' prodigious pronouncement. And so the question I would have for you this morning is, is Jesus your Lord or not? There are no bench sitters in the kingdom. That's what I'm getting at here. You must make the choice. You can either say, yes, he's my Lord, he's all-powerful, I will follow him no matter what it costs me because he deserves it and he's authoritative and he said so, or you're going to say, no, 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 I'm going to choose my own way. That's the thing that saved my soul in Matthew earlier when we said some of those will stand before God and he'll say, depart from me, I never knew you. And they'll say things like, when did we not do this? Or when did we not do this? And what he tells them is that he never even knew them. Because he says all authority on heaven and earth belongs to him and we say, except for, and then you fill in the blank. And so either he is Lord or he is not. Jesus came to them and said, all authority on heaven and earth has been given to me. And so the first thing we must do is accept his authority. The second thing is this is he gave us a prescribed pursuit. If you look with me at uh, 19 and 20a, here it says, go therefore. So his direction to us, what we call this great commission, what I am referring to today is the quest that we are all on, whether we want to be or not, if we claim the name of Christ, this is his prescribed pursuit for you. Every single day that you are here on this blue orb that's spinning through the universe, it is your duty to do exactly these things. He says, go therefore. Now, you may know this if you've heard other sermons about this. This is Greek, this word go is this present participle that means kind of as you are going. And I think a lot of times we get hung up there and all we do is focus on evangelism the go the go the go part of it when in fact the command here is really make disciples teach the nations he says go therefore and make disciples of all nations baptizing them in the name of the father the son and the holy spirit teaching them to observe all that i have commanded you this authority could not come from a higher source And the one thing, the last thing in the book of Matthew, before Jesus disappears back into the heavens, the last thing he gives is this challenge to us. He tells us to take this gospel to other lands. And when we do so, by the way, we have every right to do so. So, beloved, I don't care what your employer says, because there's a higher authority. And student, I don't care what your teacher says. Or, principal, or sp- what do you call him? Schoolmaster? Schoolmaster's not it. I don't care what he's called because it doesn't matter. Superintendent, that's it. Super. <laughs> I don't care what they say because we have a higher authority. I don't care what the government says. The church is not under their authority. We have a higher authority, and this is not a political message. This is a Christian message. This is not a message on school or vaccines or whatever it is that you think that i'm talking about what i'm talking about here is the quest of the great commission that we have been ordered to go on and so it does not matter if other nations do not want us bringing bibles in it does not matter if they do not want us giving to this um audio bible so that these people can listen to this we have a higher authority and our authority is the master of the universe the sad thing is is that there are untold millions who are still yet untold See, this call to be a disciple of Jesus is not a call to comfort. It's not a call to come and be baptized and then sit and hear. If we're not careful, this quest that he has given us will turn into quicksand. We'll become stuck and lethargic, and all we will do is show up on Sundays to get our fix, to pay our tithe, to get patted on the back by other Christians who are doing religious duty, and then we will go about our way. Dawson Trotman wrote a book called Born to Reproduce. This is what he says in there. He comments on our the church culture today. This is what he says. The curse of today is that we are too busy. I'm not talking about being busy earning money to buy food. I'm, I'm talking about being busy doing Christian things. We have spiritual activity with little productivity. He continues a little later and he says, The gospel spread to the known world during the first century without radio without television without the printing press because the writings of the apostles produced men who were reproducing and so i want to ask you this morning where are the disciples in fact i want to ask you this morning are you truly a disciple Because scripture says that if you are a disciple, you will also be about the business of making disciples. And so where are the disciple makers? Can we truly call ourselves disciples of Christ if we are not fulfilling his command to those who would be his disciples? You see, many churches have just utterly abandoned this pattern. They pay the pastor. And he's the one to preach. He's the one to win the lost. He's the one to build up the saved. And that is my duty. That is my joy. And that is my goal. But what they do is they pay the pastor and they make the church cheerleaders. And that's on a good day. A lot of times, y'all aren't even cheerleading, you're spectators. And sometimes you move into ESPN game reviewers. The Bible isn't talking just about converts here. It's not talking about cheerleaders. It's talking about disciple makers. And if you were offended just now by me saying that you were cheerleaders or that you're spectators, that you're game reviewers, I'm only a little sorry. Because I want more for you. This isn't me being mad about whatever you're doing. This is me being sorrowful. For what you're not doing if you're not making disciples you are missing it and i mean really missing it not not just missing what i want for you but you're missing what jesus wants for you i mean do you really do you really think that somehow i have all of the personality all of the knowledge all of the ability to equip all of you all the time you are foolish then the only reason I can get up here anytime, any day, is because I believe that Jesus is Lord and because of what He's gonna say in the next section that I want to talk to you about. But you are called to be a disciple maker. You are called to be a reproducer. And so if we're honest, maybe this is what scares us. But I want you to think here who who told us to do this? It's not me. Jesus, the one who has all authority of heaven and earth is the one who says this how fast would our church grow if we were doing this and let me put it in a better perspective how fast would you grow if you were doing this because numbers are great but mile wide and inch deep is not what Jesus wants for us so maybe this scares you And so I'm going to give a a selfish plug. You know how sometimes you listen to a podcast and they interrupt the podcast to then sell you a product? Well, this message is brought to you by Life Groups. Life Groups is an amazing way for you to do exactly what we're talking about this morning. Life Groups happens to be how you can help people become better disciples. And by the way, if you're willing, they can help you become a better disciple too. And so thank you for tuning in today. This message is brought to you by Life Groups. (laughs) But because of this prescribed pursuit, we ought to be fulfilling the command of Christ. We ought to be holding one another accountable, praying for one another, seeking after one another when we don't see each other here on Sunday, calling each other. But here's the other thing that I know and I understand. Jesus has 11 Because we can't all have 50 friends. We can't all have 100 friends. A lot of you don't know everybody's name, and you come up to me sometimes, and you say, Pastor, so-and-so who looks like this, what's their name? And I tell you, and that's fine, and I love to do that. That's great, because you know why? That means new people are here. But you can have 11 close people. You can have 16 close people that you really do life with, That's what it means to be a disciple maker. That's what it means to be a disciple. And so if you are scared of that, man, I just pray that you would give it a chance. Because do you not believe that this Jesus who has all authority knows what's best for you? That brings me to the third head of this. He gives us a powerful promise. Look at Matthew 28:20 20 then for the part for the second part of that and behold i am with you always even to the end of the age or to the end of the age we are not called to go into any cities or slums or arctic wastelands or equatorial jungles or any place where we are beyond the scope and the reach of our god king jesus christ so when you think of these missionaries when you think of these foreign lands and you think to yourself man i could never go there you're right not by yourself but that's not what you're called to do. You are called to go with Christ. You're called to go with Christ into your school. You're called to go Christ with Christ into your family. You're called to go with Christ into your workplace. You are called to be with Jesus who says, I will never leave you nor forsake you. In the terms there, this Greek word for always means, uh, it's, it's only here in the New Testament. What it means is this. This is, this is interesting. If you're a note taker, you're busy writing down what I'm going to say in a minute. Just wait for me to say it and then write it down. I clicked too early. In the Greek, what this means here is the whole of every day. This always. Every second of every day. Let me, let's, let's do this again. Ready? Jesus is with you every second of every day. And his people said, Amen. there you go. Not just to the end of the age. Jesus is with you right now. Jesus is sitting beside you in this room. In fact, Scripture tells us that the Holy Spirit dwells within us. No task is impossible with Christ. And then look at the text with me. He says, always every moment without fail. And then he says, I am. Not I will be, not I may be, not I could be, not if you cross all your T's and dot all your I's, not if you fast regularly or tithe a certain amount or come to so many services, not if you're doing a certain kind of missionary work and not another kind. What did he say? No matter what you do, all things do all things to the glory of God, whether you eat or or drink whether you sleep at night whether you get up in the morning whether you have narcolepsy or insomnia it doesn't matter christ is with you in all things and he can use all these things he is always with you it's definitive and then secondly we see there not as he says am instead of will but he says i it is jesus it is no angel it is no mere man i love my wife and i want her with me all the time and she is a great comfort to me but she's no jesus And I know her well enough to say she would say the same about me. Well, we all know she would say the same about me. Let's be honest. I am certainly no Jesus. (laughs) And then also here he says that he is with you. He's not opposed to you. He's for you. I mean, think of Rocky without Mick and Adrian. What would he be? Not a champion, I can tell you that. And this is way better than Rocky. Yes, Rocky. Not Bullwinkle, different Rocky. But Jesus is with us. This should be an encouragement to you, Christian. That means this mission that you are called to fulfill, this quest that you are on, is not about what you can do. It's about what's already been done. It's not about who you are, it's about who he is. It's not about what you're going to say, it's that he has already spoken. Do you understand the freedom of this? Do you understand the encouragement in this? Because here's the thing, I think maybe sometimes what we fear is, listen, I'm not going to have all the answers to these people. I'm not going to know what to say. I'm not going to know what to do. I'm not going to know how to fix their problems. Or if they're going through something that I don't know what to do with, you know what? Jesus, our Savior, is the authoritative King of the universe. And he's already went before you and he's also going with you. And it's not about you. It's about him. And so you can go into these situations and you can say these things and you'll be amazed that when you actually put yourself there, how God steps in. Ephesians 3.20 Now to him who is able to do far more abundantly than all that we ask or think according to the power at work within us. I'll let you in on a secret. I don't have all the answers either. I don't always know what to say come long enough and you'll know that even from the pulpit if you were here for christmas eve service you know that all too well but jesus does this is his powerful promise and so that's why we can trust in the presence of christ we can trust in the power of christ because he is unfailing final head of the message this is his perfect plan i want to read to you an excerpt this is what it says who are we to go to another people group or even co-workers and tell them that they are following false idols and that if they don't turn to jesus they will die forever the world views this as arrogant and even as far as many people in the church are concerned communicating this to people makes no sense however if Matthew's gospel is true. That is, if Jesus died on the cross for the sins of the world, if he rose from the grave in victory over sin and death, and if there is no one like him, and he reigns as Lord over all, then telling the lost world about Jesus is the only thing that makes sense. What doesn't make sense is millions of Christians sitting back and saying nothing to the nations. Instead, we ought to go with confidence, knowing that the one who sent us is sovereign over all and worthy of worship from all. And since he has all authority, we can obey him without fear then. Matthew 18 through 20 says this. And remember, now I like to think of it this way. Perhaps, I think I stopped until then, but there's there's one at least. Perhaps Jesus was actually on the same mountain that he was transfigured on. What if that's the case? And so on the same mountain that three of them saw Jesus transfigured is the same mountain that Jesus tells them, you know that authority, you know that brilliance, you know that magnificence that you three saw beforehand? This is what I command you to do with it. And this is who I am now. And Jesus goes and he tells them, all authority on heaven and earth has been given to me. So go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you, and behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. You see, Paul talks about this, and here's how he puts it. We have this treasure in jars of clay. So that a surpassing power belongs to God and not to us. This is why this is his perfect plan. Because people will, will listen to men like me or they'll listen to people like you and they'll, they'll be discipled. You guys can disciple one another and they'll think to themselves, man, there has to be a God because otherwise this, this imperfect person could not speak this truth into my life. This Jesus who has all authority has chosen in his divine decree to equip and send us, you. And I don't know about you, but I think that that's crazy, utterly crazy. If you haven't heard my testimony, here's the very short version of it. I got into a lot of trouble, did a lot of things, pursued the flesh. In all kinds of ways, whatever that means to you, that that's how what I was doing. And then from there, Christ saved me. And then people asked me to start speaking. And I thought, you're absolutely crazy. Do you have any idea the stupid, ignorant, sinful things that I've done in my life? If there's anybody who, who shouldn't be telling people about Jesus, it's probably me. And then eventually got to the place in my life where I knew that if I did anything else, I was sinning against God because he had called me to do this. Now maybe he hasn't called you to do this, but he's called you to do that. To go and make disciples. Whatever context that looks like to you. One of the best ways that myself and that this church is trying to equip you for that is something like life groups. But you can make disciples because Jesus works in you. In you, through you. And so, yeah, this quest, there's no princess in any tower. There's no dragon to slay. There's no coconuts clapping in the background. But this story has been written and finished a long time ago. And your quest is... And your joy is simply, you get to be a part of it. This Jesus who saves has asked you to be a part of that process. He's done that through his prodigious pronouncement. So I want to ask you, are you going to accept the authority of Christ? He's done that through his prescribed pursuit. And So I want to ask you, are you prepared to fulfill this command of Christ? He's done that through his powerful promise. And I want to ask, are you prepared to trust in the presence of Christ? And he's done that through here, his perfect plan so i want to ask you are you ready to rejoice in the works of christ to close mark twain said a lie can travel around the world while the truth is still lacing up her boots well our truth is truth our truth is not just a truth our truth is the gospel of christ and so to quote another famous person nancy sinatra said these boots are made for walking so let your quest begin let's pray God our Father in heaven we do thank you but firstly we ask you to forgive us I know for myself as I preach this message I think of times where you have called me to disciple or be a disciple and I have turned my nose up or turned my back upon it so God I ask for you to forgive me forgive me for my failures forgive us as your church for, your, for failing you in this great commission of making disciples. Do not allow Satan to use that as a way to lie to us and tell us we ought not even to start. But rather, give us your grace. Give us a fresh wind and a fresh fire that we might begin today. God, let us long for and look for ways to disciple one another so that we might actually be true disciples of your Son, Christ Jesus. You have called us to be disciples. Let us fulfil your command. That's in your name we pray. Amen. Let's stand and sing.